0: And joining us for uh, more analysis on the market is Mohammed Wagley from Sassfin Wealth. Mohammed, thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon to you and your viewers, Nolitanda. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, Mohammed, it's been quite a week, I would say. Uh, maybe let's talk about, uh, you know, we entered this week uh, with more conflict, news about conflicts in the Middle East. And markets really took a while to understand what uh, that means. But let's talk about where we are today a few days later.
1: Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that it's been quite uh, a turbulent week for the market. Um, as you say, uh, Monday started off coming off the back of the news, coming out of Israel. And I think that served to really have a flight to safe haven assets initially. And the dollar was sort of a big beneficiary of that, needless to say. In addition to the dollar, other sort of safe haven asset type um Sort of instruments like your goals also tended to benefit. Um, That's not really how it stayed across the week. Um, we did get some good news, relatively good news, I'd say, come out from the Fed on Wednesday, and that was then confirmed in the FOMC uh, minutes uh, yesterday. And the rand actually strengthened quite substantially from you know where we started, which was about nineteen rand thirty-five cents on Monday. Um, so as as of today we're sitting a little bit prettier at 19 rand um but i do expect we'll see a bit of volatility to continue in this regard probably going forward
0: i'm glad you mentioned those fomc minutes because we do have uh, inflation coming out here the commentary around this Mohammed, uh, muhammad i nearly fell off my chair was uh, that the united states essentially needs a recession they need a recession to essentially cool down uh, you know their inflation picture i'm keen to get your thoughts here i've never heard anybody say we need a recession
1: it's it's quite interesting. It, it really is. You know, it seems as uh, investors, analysts, portfolio managers, we seem to vacillate between extremes. You know, either the economy is reaccelerating or we need a recession. You know, and that's, you know, it's, it's not sort of new. I, I think. Um, We tend to be quite reactionary with this sort of thing. And often enough, the truth is somewhere in the middle. So if I could just speak to those uh, FOMC uh, meeting minutes, what happened was basically some of the members had come out and said that uh, we're not actually in favour of another rate hike, and this is sort of the end of the cycle. As I understand it, the ma- majority of the members still feel that another rate hike should be uh, implemented. But, you know, this is a lot more sort of positive than what we had been seeing sort of even even a month ago. I mean, I've seen people call it davish, but uh, in my view, it's it's just davish relative to what we have been seeing. I think it's just a little less hawkish. I think that's a bit more apt. Um, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, In my mind, on the back of those minutes, we're seeing a little bit more positivity in the markets. And, you know, we hope that they can sort of continue that narrative. And, you know, that'll put us in good stead for quarter four, because as we know, uh, quarter three was not the greatest.
0: Of course, what we are expecting also in the United States is the kickoff of earnings season. Let's touch on that. We know uh, we have a few big banks uh, coming out with earnings uh, later on today, Mohamed. Earlier in the year, we were scared that we'd see some sort of a banking crisis in the U.S., crisis averted. But where are we now?
1: Right. So so as you correctly point out, it's the big banks starting today, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, again, if I'm not mistaken, it's really the massive ones. I think we've got Wells Fargo, Citigroup and J.P. Morgan Chase coming out a little later today. What I will say is the banks really came off last month. Quarter three was bad pretty much across the board. But I think the banks in particular, especially American banks, lost almost 10 percent. You know, there were a few reasons for that. I think first general sentiment being weak was one of them. Um the longer term yields uh had sort of surged in september and that impacted the value of their bonds uh, but i must confess a, a loss of about 10 percent was what i felt a bit overdone you know especially given the narrative prevailing at the time was higher for longer you know needless to say keeping the interest rate higher for longer generally tends to have a positive impact on those net interest uh interest rate margins you know so uh, i i think Truthfully, I'm quite optimistic uh, about the banks a little later on. I think it's also a case of coming off low bases, uh, But I, I think we probably could see a little bit of a bounce a little later today. I hope to not be proven wrong probably in a couple of hours when we see those numbers come out.
0: All right, now moving away from the U.S., let's touch on China. Their inflation uh, has come out. That market is still uh, very uh, clearly in need of stimulus. uh, You know, Mohamed, I'm keen to get your thoughts on uh, that issue. And even, uh, you know, uh, PPI falling 2.5 percent for a manufacturing giant. uh, That's quite big.
1: Yeah, it it is, you know, and uh, I suppose the narrative about China is basically, well, I suppose we're all wrong about it. You know, everybody thought that this would, this economy would recover a lot faster than it has. And, you know, month on month for at least the last, you know, four or five months or so, we've been getting sort of negative data coming out of China. And each time uh, analysts are sort of having to revise their expectation. I think the bottom line is that there's a lot of weakness and this is going to take a lot longer than usual. Now, you mentioned those PPI numbers. Now, needless to say, China is super important in the sort of South African context. They're one of our big um, exports. We export a lot of commodities to them and there's massive demand that comes out of China. What we've seen is quite a bit of weakness in that regard pretty much across the board you know the jewelry numbers came up came in a lot lower and that had a huge impact on our precious metals this was a a couple of months ago but speaking to yesterday's ppi numbers um we had actually expected a 2.4 percent decline so then the market did expect the numbers to be soft but they actually came in at 2.5 percent which look, you know it's not the most massive divergence from expectations but it's still enough to give us an idea that the recovery is still taking longer than expected and you know it, w- it would be somewhat naive to be a little bit uh, optimistic in this regard. You know, we need to see things change quite substantially before we can become a bit positive. And one has to hope that that is the case uh, because, you know, we they are very much uh, a huge key player sort of in our world within the JSE context.
0: Before we move on to StockPix, I want to get your thoughts on a positive news this week. Birkenstock and an IPO. We don't often hear of IPOs, especially in this market environment. And globally, you know, Mohammed, most companies may want to wait a little. But of course, that's not what we've seen here. Keep to get your thoughts here and even how the market has received the counter.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned um, sort of the current environment. It does seem to me that it, it, it wasn't or It wasn't the best environment to IPO at, but I don't know how much of that can be attributed to Birkenstock per se. I think it's got really a lot more to do with the tough economic environment that we're seeing. But in addition to that, you know, the share IPO'd um, at $41. They had originally priced it at $46. In my mind, this gives us a a bit of an indication that they were perhaps a little bit too aggressive. Um, The share actually fell about 12% on the first day. And to to put those numbers into perspective, it's currently trading at around $37.5 per share. Uh, But what I will say is, generally speaking, the trend is that IPOs do underperform in the first five years after listing. What we're seeing is those that first five years is actually becoming a lot shorter you know something similar happened with arm which was the other big ipo that we saw uh, a little bit earlier on in the year so it wasn't too surprising to me that it fell as aggressively as it did um and that's pro- that's probably sort of all i'll say uh, on stocks. other than this is such a divisive sandal <laughs> and i must be one of the few people that really adore them i, I Don't know when I'll get them, but hopefully sometime soon.
0: I believe as well, Mohammed. (laughs) I'm keen to get your uh, stock pick. And before we do that, let's reflect on counters that have found favor with your industry peers.
2: Stock pick is shop right. It's it's only down about 10% from its um, recent high. But if you take a look at the longer price pattern, it was um, possibly a bit overdone. And it's a good quality, quality company. It's not cheap by By any means, but considering the way they are gaining market share, I think this is a, you know, it's a 10% cheaper entry point to a good quality company that I want to have in my portfolio in any case. BidCorp is my pick for today. Actually, it's very good that, that Rick has picked ShopRite because ShopRite is the retailer. BidCorp is a food service distributor. Yes. So if you eat, if you eat at home, you shop at ShopRite. If you eat in restaurants, um, particularly in Europe, any of the developed markets, BidCorp is what's going to serve you. So what we've seen is this is a business that has, that benefited from post COVID recovery. Top line is driven by food inflation, expenses are driven by headline inflation, and margins are widening. Even after the base has formed, um, this just looks like a business that will continue running over time. They make small acquisitions and incorporate them into the big machine, which helps them widen margins. They don't have any debt, um, and and they continue to grow and expand their footprint globally. So that's that's a business I like as well.
3: Except- and very simplistically there are many south african shares that are really cheap and they're cheap for good reasons but that doesn't mean the reasons can't change and i think lower interest rates uh, strengthening of the rand over the next year or two will change the reasons why they're weak and absolutely you're getting a, a, a current dividend yield of about seven seven and a half percent and the projected forward dividend yield In the next two years, probably closer to 9% if you buy the shares today. And the dividend's not under threat. They're well capitalized. All of our banks are well capitalized. And that's an extremely good dividend yield. And it shows, I suppose, the underlying valuation of the shares. It's actually very reasonably valued. Um, Banks will still continue to have decent earnings growth. The bad debts are probably at their peak now and won't get much worse before they start to fall. And all of this is good and Epsa is very and you know, it's a very uh, it's rated quite lowly by the market. All
0: right, Mahamad, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. I mean two of them are purely SA Inc. plays, EPSA and ShopRights, and then we have Bitcorp.
3: With
1: pleasure. Um so I'll start with ShopRights. Um and I I've got to disclaim that, you know, the retail space really isn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not really due to sort of a specific company weakness per se it's really got a lot more to do with sort of the south african consumer weakness that mm-hmm. we're seeing and this is not really a new trend by any stretch of the imagination that being said i'm, I'm actually quite in agreement with the uh, gentleman who had mentioned Shoprite right for pretty much the reasons that he detailed so eloquently. Mm-hmm. So it is a good quality company. In fact, yet to date, it's still up. And despite the weakness that we're seeing, I, I do think that current levels of about 240 Rand do, do represent sort of quite a bit of an upside. The key thing here, and I think the gentleman did point to it as well, they're gaining market share rapidly. Mm then moving on to BidCore, this one is is actually one that i quite like and you know we hold quite substantially across the board in our portfolios at least from a local perspective um i, I think the gentleman uh described it really well especially mm-hmm. contrasted it really well with shop right but in a nutshell what they do is food service business it's a food service business that supplies restaurants primarily sort of restaurants abroad uh, they're also in sort of airplane catering, food catering and things like that. But I I suppose I'll just touch on what I really like about Mm. the company and you also touched on that earlier. It's not SA Inc. It's very much Rand Hedge. Mm -hmm. They've got significant offshore exposure and this is an area of focus, an area which they continue to look to develop. The cash flush don't really have much debt, so they've been insulated from the rising rates and I'd say there's still a lot of potential there. Um, From a year-to-date perspective, this is probably one of being one of the best performers on the JSE. They're up nearly 30% and this still quite a bit of room for growth there. And then the last one that was mentioned was ABSA, and I, I could not agree more with this. Um, I think banks in general look quite attractive. I'm actually overweight in this sector, and a big part of that is how attractive the dividends are looking in addition to the ch- sort of a, a cheaper valuations. I think ABSA's dividend is, uh, forward dividend for next year is closer to 8%. First Rand's probably around 7%, and the share's looking quite attractive. It's not just them, that I, I did mention First Rand. I quite like First Rand in the same space. I do hold both. Um, and I don't really think you can go wrong uh, either way. So i got to say I liked uh, all three of those stock picks.
0: Wonderful. Let's talk about your pick uh, this afternoon, Mahmud.
1: Okay, so I've decided to go abroad for my stock mm-hmm. pick. Um, there's A few reasons for that. I think you know, as portfolio managers, investors, people who follow the market, we're always sort of uh, on the lookout for the next big thing. You know, what is the world going to look like 10 years from now? And uh, all the changes that that would entail, all the new technology that's going to be super pervasive. Even as I'm speaking, I think people are thinking AI. Yeah. Uh, but I think what is sort of equally important is to consider what is not going to change. Some things will very much remain the same. And I think one of those things is the luxury sector. And is one that is one that is sort of quite insulated from the macroeconomic turbulence that we're seeing. And I think, you know, intuitively this does make sense. If if you are able to afford sort of a, a Birkin bag, whether the interest rate is 2% or 6% isn't really going to have too much of an impact on you because chances are you're not really going to go finance that, you know, Birkin bag. So they do remain somewhat, you know, uh, Insulated from, let's say, the turbulence that we've seen. So there's a couple of stocks to look at. I mentioned the Birkin bag, and obviously Hermes, Mm -hmm. uh, Hermes, Hermes, I guess, is definitely quite attractive (laughs) in that regard. But I'm actually going to go ahead with uh, Louis Vuitton. Mm. LVMH is my stock pick. So the company actually reported on their quarter three numbers earlier this week, and they were actually a little bit softer than expected with specific uh, reference to weakness in the wine and spirits division. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the back of that, the share actually dropped 6.6%, but subsequent to that, the valuation is actually looking quite attractive. The forward PE is trading at around 20 times, which is currently as low as it's been in quite some time. So in my mind, if you've not got some already, current rev, uh, current levels represent quite a good opportunity to uh, get a bit of Louis Vuitton for yourself.
0: Thank you so, so much, yeah, uh, Mohammed.
1: It's
0: think. been a pleasure chatting to you this afternoon. Thank you so much for wrapping the week up for us. That was your Midday Markets Update with Mohammed wagni from Assassin Wealth.